it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. So, Jack. So, really, something kind of important I wanted to ask you about. Um, anything I tell you is, uh, doctor-patient, confidential, right? Yeah. Thing is, I haven't been feeling so great. What's the matter? Well, it's kind of like, uh, my stomach. I've been having some, um, major digestive issues. What have you been eating? You know, the usual bananas, papayas, mangoes, guava, passion fruit, coconut, some of those weird star fruits from up on the hill. Someone said they'd be good for digestion. Let me tell you, they lied. Well, it might help if you had a little bit more protein in your diet. Dude, what can I do? There's no boar. No boar, no protein. You can eat fish. Jin's been catching a lot of them. No way, man. That guy has it in for me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He offered me something to eat, like, right after he, you know, got here. Um, is that the thing with the spikes? Sea urchin. Yeah. And when I turned down, it's like I, I, I soiled his family honor or something. He hasn't looked me in the eye since. The guy holds a serious grudge. You're not eating those, are you? Dude, these aren't for eating. Excuse me. Welcome, everyone, as we head back once again further and further into the island, which I don't think was ever given a name, was it? I don't know. Yet? No. No. It's just Lost Island. That's what we call the it. The island. The island. Uh, from the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from Podcastica, I am Kristen Howell. This episode that we continue on as we review and break down two more episodes of the first season being episode 13, Hearts and Minds, and episode 14, Special. Special. I don't, special. I'm, I'm editing that out. I don't want to say, I don't want it special. I don't want that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not special. editing it out either. It's it's staying in there totally. I'm just. It's all special. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to be more upbeat with the episode because I there's we there's one review on on iTunes which we love the reviews on iTunes by the way and, and most of them uh, are positive the exception of one or two but you know everybody has their opinions and we're totally fine with that but one of them was like you guys are talking about Lost you should be more excited I'm like oh well, yeah uh, I'm like uh, yeah I'm I'm all for being excited about this so special special um, I'll never do that again. <laughs> never, never again. <laughs> again. Um, but just a quick recap of the format of the podcast. Uh, two episodes. We, we cover two episodes of the show per podcast. For now. Which, which I was going to say, which is going to be changing, uh, once we start going into season two of the show. Uh, podcasts are released on the first and the 15th of every month. So you'll be hearing this one on September 1st. Uh, and it's, it's relatively close. I'm so, so close. To securing our first guest for when we're done. Who is it? And do you really want to know? 
Well, of course I want to know. <laughs> do we want to, do we want to apprise our listeners to this already? I, don't I guess know. we can. Uh, I'll just give you a hint. He was, uh, recently cast in the new Star Wars movie. Nuh-uh. No, he, you're lying. I'm not lying. I am already in talks with his, with his uh, representation. Ha- I got sweet. I just got <laughs> like, I just started sweating. Uh, the, uh, Dominic Monaghan, in case you don't know. Charlie himself. Yep, I'm already in talks with his representation about having him on the podcast. So, Nuh-uh. doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to happen. It all depends on scheduling and stuff, especially with him now being cast in, uh, in new Star Wars episode. You either nine. get him now or you don't get him ever it, again. Exactly. So that's why we're, we're already in the works now. So, hopefully, well, uh, even if it means we have to record in the next couple weeks and then hold it until we're, we're between seasons one and two, um, uh, we're working on it. So, Fingers crossed this is going to be happening sometime relatively soon, and Kristen will be able to speak in a clear and effective manner while we have him on the phone. Um, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sweating. Like, if you could see it, like, you could actually see the sweat on my hands. I purposely waited to tell you this while we were recording because I wanted your reaction (laughs) for the recording. Because we usually we'll talk for half hour to an hour before we start recording and just catch up with each other. But I specifically waited to tell you about this until (laughs) we started recording. So but yeah, so uh, Dominic, hopefully the first of again, hopefully many as we go through with this. Uh, But once once we hit season two, we're going to change the format instead of doing two episodes per episode of the podcast and doing our top three. We're probably going to swap and do one episode per podcast and maybe switch to a top five just so we can stretch the episode out a little bit. I, I don't know. We still have, we still have time to figure that out. Time is running out. Okay. Special. Special. <laughs> That's kind of a running theme this entire podcast. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's all right. I, I started. Well, you started it and I just keep it going. Yeah. But let's let's jump right into things and let's talk about the two episodes. Obviously, episode 13, Hearts and Minds, which is a Boone and Shannon backstory. Uh, no. Which... It's not, though. If you look at the Lost Wiki, it is a Boone Carlisle flashback only, which makes sense in the way that it was. That was going to be one of my points. I'm Sorry, so I stepped all over you. I'm so glad you brought up the Lost Wiki because I have a point to make with the Lost Wiki this week as well to counterpoint one of yours from last week. Oh, boo to you. Seriously? I, I can either go into it right now. You got on or the Lost Wiki just to make a point. I did. <laughs> against mine. And it all has to do with polar bears. Oh, stupid polar bears. All right. <laughs> go for it because we had a polar bear this time anyways. We did. We had a polar bear. And I remember you saying before that it's something about like they don't belong to that island and because they're part of the mystery of the island. And I was like, no, the Dharma had them in the cages. And you're like, no, no, polar bears aren't t- temperate to that climate and whatever. According to the Lost Wiki, polar bears were brought to the island by the Dharma Initiative, who kept okay. them in cages at the Hydra Station on Hydra Island. According to Pierre Chang, because polar bears possess keen memory and adaptability instincts, they were prime candidates for studies in electromagnetic research. After training at the Hydra and solving cage fish biscuit puzzles, which we'll come to later in as we progress through, the bears were fitted with a tracking collar, tranquilized, and taken to the orchid, where they were put 
in the familiar cold climate of the frozen wheel chamber to push the wheel and be transported through space and time. If you're, if you've never seen the show before, this all sounds very confusing. Uh, some of the polar bears survived the purge, after which they were freed from their cages and swam to the main island. That is the explanation of the polar bears on the main island. So I was right. They were brought by the Dharma Initiative and they were in those cages. All right. Point Ben. All right. I'll give you, it to you. And you can't see the, me because it doesn't work in a podcast. I was doing a big check mark with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. All right. I mean, I I just I would just lo- have loved to have seen you like in your at an, at your computer at your desk just sitting there going, "I'm right." <laughs> oh no, it was I'm right. It was hot damn. <laughs> Vindication. <laughs> Uh, okay, so a Boone Carlisle episode uh, uh, for episode 13, Hearts and Minds. Uh, Boone Carlisle flashback and episode. Then, you know what? In this case, I, how is it for special? Because I have it as Michael and Walt, but is it more Michael or is it more Walt? Because they're both involved. I would say it was more of a Michael. Um, I think that Walt was a part of the story, but it wasn't uh well, it wasn't Michael's story. And I felt like we really followed Michael through this entire episode more than we did Walt. Although Walt was, you know, a main factor of of Michael's story. Um, you know, I, I think we'll learn more about Walt himself in later episodes. I think so. Yeah, if I think that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And and I think you're right. I, you know, if if Boone Carlisle is the focus of the first uh, if episode 13, Hearts and Minds, then uh, I think you're right. I think Michael would probably be the more of the two when it comes to the backstory between. But I'm thinking about it, and I don't remember if there is a particular Walt backstory or not. I don't even, to be completely honest with you, I don't even think we get another Michael backstory until season three. I could be completely wrong about that. Okay, well, we'll see what happens as time goes on. Yeah, uh, exactly. But let's jump into our top three of the episodes, and I'll kick it off with you. What is your number three between the two episodes? Let's see. My number three is actually that Boone breaks free. Um, so I really enjoyed Hearts and Mind a lot, only because, you know, Boone and Shannon have just been kind of these – snobby question marks for the bulk of the season so far, uh, especially as a first time listener and you don't know kind of where Shannon goes or, or anything like that. And so what I loved about, about this episode was that you kind of got to see the power that Shannon had over Boone and Boone's entire arc of trying to break free from that. And it was like, like a toxic addiction. Like he couldn't break free. Even when he was in the States and she was in Australia, he still couldn't break free when, you know, he's on a mission with Locke and he still wants to tell Shannon because he thinks that he should not. And he knows it's a terrible idea, but he still like feels compelled to do that. Um, which I thought was kind of an, it it said a lot about their dynamic, but when, when she comes up to him at the end and, and, 
she, what was it? No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That was the next episode um, in special when, when she came up to him in special and she's like, you know, where are you going or where, what are you going to do with the boar or whatever? And he's like, it's none of your business. Like he was able to break free of her and walk away and he didn't even look like he felt bad. And that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so, it, it, and it all comes to, to you know, a lot of it comes thanks to Locke because of that too. And that weird, whatever the hell it was, he put on Boone's head, <laughs> you know, to, to, to give him the visions. magic mushrooms. I don't know what it was, but I wouldn't need magic it. Island mushrooms. Yeah. It's, it was a mix of something. It could have been a mix of like Island moss and steel shavings from the hatch. I mean, who the hell knows? But don't you think it was it really interesting that, um, Boone sat there tied up the way that he was completely unwilling to do anything to help himself. But when he thought that he heard Shan, he was willing to risk everything, including his arms and his hands to get that knife and to save her. So he was, he didn't want to save himself. He wanted to save Shannon. Well, I mean, Locke even says it himself right beforehand. He's like, you'll be able to get free when you have the proper motivation. And that was the proper motivation for him. Oh no, I understand that. What I'm saying is, is that it he he was so wrapped up in his head when it came to Shannon that he didn't think of himself ever. Like even when he was sitting there and he was tied up, he never thought of freeing himself. He just pitied himself. But he was willing to risk everything to save Shannon. And for me, that would be eye opening if I was only willing to save myself if it was for somebody that didn't even give a shit about me. No, I, I, and I think you're right too. But I also think if he didn't realize at the time that we have that weird moment where Shannon and Boone are together in the hotel room, you know, towards the end of the episode, if he didn't realize at that point that he's got really mixed feelings for Shannon, then I, I think he was, I think he was kind of already well aware as he felt. Because we, don't forget, we saw jealousy rear its, its its ugly head earlier on in the episode with Saeed talking to Shannon, you know, and he flat out tells him, you know, stay away from her. So I I think at that point in the by that point, he's already pretty well aware about how he feels. He just doesn't he doesn't know what to do about it. Well, that's being in a toxic relationship. That's being in a relationship that, you know, is terrible for you, that, you know, um, is doing nothing good for you that, you know, you don't even have the power in, but you continue to stay it because you don't know how to get out of it and you don't know how to break that cycle. And it wasn't until he watched Shannon die in that hallucination and he felt that relief of being free of her that he realized he needed to be free of her. I mean, but going back to the toxic relationship thing, though, was it really – I understand the the methodology behind, behind that thinking of it being a toxic relationship, but is it a relationship? Yes. If it is, it's one-sided. Because well, I don't that's, think – that's most abusive toxic relationships are one-sided. A, a lot of them are. Okay. I mean, All right. it, and, and it is, to a certain extent, it is two-sided because that person knows the other person, this person being Shannon knows that she can go to him for anything and he'll always be there. I mean, she takes that for totally for granted, but she knows that he's there. So she does use that, that aspect of their relationship. I mean, they were siblings, step siblings at one point. Now, you know, she uses that and the fact that he knows that she's 
that he is attracted to her to her advantage. I mean, that's like anybody who's stuck in an abusive relationship, right? Okay. The other yeah. person knows that they have power over the other. One they, knows that they have power over the other. And they use it to their advantage. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, focusing for a second, though, on that obvious moment that we get when Shannon, you know, visits Boone in the hotel you room. You mean the Targaryen sibling sex? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I, I don't want to sound – God, this is going to sound so bad when I say this. Is that particular moment, while kind of shocking the first time you see it, because it's obviously two people that we know are brother and sister, I don't think at that point we know that they're step. Well, no, actually, I, th- I think yeah, it's been did. revealed because they're, they're talking about her her mom yeah. and, uh, and her, her dad and how her dad cut her off and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, so we do know that they're step-siblings. While weird – and morally wrong. <laughs> Never mind. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I was going to say, is it really as wrong as we predict, as we see it to be? So I, it's an interesting question. Here's the deal: if you're still calling each other on the island brother and sister, then it's wrong. Then it's wrong because you can't turn it off for like an hour. And then turn it back on and be like, no, we're brother and sister. Well, no, you're not. You've already established that. Like that you're right more than before that. the plane crash. So oh, established you know. that they're brother and sister. Well, what I'm saying is, is that they say that they're brother and sister. They say that they're step siblings or once removed or that, you know, the parents are now not together anymore. One of them's dead or whatever. Right. So they're no longer bound by the marriage of their parents anymore. But and so they don't have to call each other brother and sister at this point, especially if they've had, they they had sex in Sydney right before they got on the plane. Okay. And then they get on the plane crash and all of a sudden they're like, this is my brother. This is my sister. We're brother and sister. Stay away from my sister. And it's like, no, no, you can't, you can't, it's not like a pick and choose thing here. Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. And because one of the reasons why I bring it up is because in the flashbacks, we we know as viewers that they're brother and sister because that's everything that we've seen and 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 that's exactly how they describe themselves they describe themselves on the island as you say it like Shannon is Boone's brother Boone says that's my sister and that's the way we've been established as viewers to see them as but in the flashbacks with Boone when they're you know when he flies to Sydney to rescue her and everything at any point in that flashback and correct me if i'm wrong does he ever say my sister I don't think he does. I don't think at any point he says. Yeah, he the, did. Like, he did okay. after at the, after the tennis match with the girl. Okay, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, and that's one of the reasons why I asked. I could, it could yeah. have just been something that that blew up, um, that blew past. So okay, that, then I'm then I'm corrected. I just didn't know because you're right. It's it's almost like, and we've mentioned it before with past characters how they kind of set up their own identities or. You know, it became anew when the plane crashed and they were, you know, figuring themselves out and such. And I think that was kind of the identity that they made sure that they were brother and sister when they were on the island. Maybe, I guess, to kind of forget the indiscretions that just happened right before they got there. Maybe. Yeah. You could be right on that one. So, like, as in, yeah, like, this is, a, this is a fresh start. Um, let's go back to what we were before this happened and... 
even though Shannon was dead set on them getting rescued within a matter of days. And now we know uh, it's been three weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. So, and I think actually, I think that's another interesting point to make up too. It's not one of my top three, but um, this is the first point I think throughout the course of the show, uh, these fourteen episodes, that um, thirteen episodes at, at this point, that we get a definitive timeline as to how long it's been, because I don't think we've known at this point how long they've been on the island, and then it's finally said that it's it's been three weeks. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but that brings me to, unless you had anything else. No, on no, yours. no, no. Okay. You're number three. My number three, uh, same episode, the hearts, episode 13, Hearts and Minds, but I'm calling mine a softer side to Jin. Um, uh, you know, we see obviously at the end of this, and, and there's a lot of things that go into this. Most importantly, Sun's secret has been revealed to somebody else. And we're now starting to, when you, when you hold a secret like this that you can speak English and you you've been with all these people for this long for 3 weeks it's bound to get out that somebody else is somebody else is going to find out that you have the secret short of unless you just don't talk at all and once one person knows everybody's going to find out it's the way secrets work at some point uh, and we do find out we get that scene where you know Kate is talking to Sun and Sun acknowledges what Kate is saying, which unless you're the worst detective in the world, uh, Kate was rightful in realizing that Sun knew exactly what she was saying. But here's my thing with that too. You can speak one language but still understand others. I mean, for example, like I, I can't speak French at least nothing close to fluent, I can still understand it be, having taken lessons. So because Sun understood what Kate said doesn't necessarily mean she spoke English. But she didn't say that she spoke English. She said, you understood what I said. Yeah, it was Sun herself that revealed yeah. that she had to speak English. Um, Kate didn't say, like, you know how to speak English. You're right. She said, you know, you know what? You understood. Which, I, I mean, that would have been, to me, that wasn't as much of a shocking reveal for understanding English as it was that she spoke English. Because you're going to learn, I mean, especially when you have two people who don't speak the language, you know, considering Sun, if Sun didn't speak the language, you had two people that don't speak the language amongst a group of people that all speak the same language, you are eventually going to figure certain out as to what they're saying. You're going to learn the language as you're spending time with them. So I, it wasn't a huge reveal to me. Shock. It was more of a shock that Sun knew how to speak English to Kate rather than understand it. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off point. Um, <laughs> it leads me to that moment at the end with, you know, seeing the softer side of Jin. We, we get the, the great moment with, uh, with Hurley and Jin on the beach. And Hurley having this fear that Jin hates him and he's trying to poison him. And we get that whole moment where Jin steps on or where Hurley steps on. I believe it's a, a sea urchin, mm-hmm. correct? And yeah. he thinks like he's got poison in him and he tells him he's got to suck out the poison. And, you know, and then <laughs> he's got, he's got, he got to, you got to pee on my leg. Um, and Jin, you know, genuinely trying to help Hurley, not trying to poison him or anything. But- <laughs> I love it when Hurley almost drowns him. <laughs> but it you know it it makes me realize too that um i don't know what it makes me realize it completely blanked out of my head 
I had a point I was going with that and I can't remember what it was, but, um, you know, I just, I love seeing those moments and we get at the end with, you know, Jin bringing the fish, the cleaned fish to Hurley at the end. Um, and then seeing him legitimately happy with Sun and Sun being happy with Jin at the same time. And Jack even makes a mention of it in that, like those two. Sappy. And it's, it's nice to see because, you know, you learn, because we do know that Jin was the son of a fisherman and he has been able to kind of honor his father and his childhood and who he is, uh, who he really is by supplying the fish for the people and, and fishing and, and kind of probably coming back to the roots of, of the person that he lost, you know, like, I mean, he, he was lost along the way in his marriage by trying to prove himself as his father. And he became this man that he probably, that nobody recognized probably most of all Jin. And now that they've been here for a few weeks and he is slowly getting back to the man that he was before he got married and, who son fell in love with. I'm sure that that's just a wonderful little side story for them, uh, that we have not seen, but we do learn, uh, of, of over time. If yeah. that makes any sense. No, it, it, it does. It makes complete sense. I mean, cause you have to realize that before the time on the Island, you know, Jin was working for son's father, which, you know, we could equate what he was doing to working for the mob. He was going and he was, you know, he was collecting money from people that owed. And so it was a completely lif- different lifestyle than what he grew up with. And now we're, we're seeing a point in Jin's life where he's kind of unintentionally forced back into what he grew up with. And he's, I believe, I genuinely believe at this point that Jin is really, he's really starting to find himself. He's starting to become the person that, he he always was all his life before he got into a life of crime and and if that's indeed what it was which i believe it was and it's this this time on the island and fishing doing all this stuff and providing uh as you mentioned just like his father did and probably his father's father did he's it's really taking jin back to his roots and i think because of that he's he's starting to find a calm as a person and he's he's Again, he's really starting to find himself. And it's, it's shaking off all that roughness that he had, uh, and even a slight abusiveness, which we've seen that he has shown towards Sun before. And it's, it's really starting to, to center him and him in as a character. And ha ha ha. What? Ah, oh, I get it. Pun unintended. Real him in. <laughs> I totally did not mean to do that, <laughs> but it completely works. I totally meant it. I completely meant it. Uh, no, that was, that was a good one, but I, I think that's the case. And I think it's, it's something that I'm really enjoying seeing and really realizing for the first time as I'm rewatching this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I said at the very beginning that Jin's arc is one of my favorites, if not my favorite of, of, every character over the whole series. I just love it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun to find, uh, it's fun to see him pop up. Yeah. And, and especially cause you don't get a changes. lot of gin and son right now. Not right now. We do later. Um, right. be- because there, there was one thing that was mentioned in the, in episode 14 that becomes a big center point 
for for the Jin and Sun story arc. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, how about you and your number two for the the episodes? Well, my number two is um, how complicated relationships are starting to really emerge on the island. Uh, so we have the Michael Locke and Walt uh, dynamic. Um, you have the Boone and Shannon dynamic. Uh, Kate and Sawyer are always kind of there. Sawyer and everybody. Um, <laughs> That's true. Charlie and the the diary, <laughs> which is which I love. By the way, the scene with him like wondering, should I? Should I not? Should I? Should I not? And then finally hiding it away and, and running off with it. I thought so it was like adorable. What it. was great about that scene was that. Charlie and Claire have such great chemistry that Claire doesn't even need to be there. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, and then you've got Jack and everyone that doesn't agree with Jack. So Jack's got a complicated relationship developing with pretty much anybody he runs into. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, there's Hurley and Jen. They have a complicated little relationship. So it's just there's a lot of little complications that pop up that I just find either amusing or interesting or they just help develop the whole island and everybody on it as a whole. And I noticed it. All right. Yeah. What's your number two? <laughs> uh, my number two is also relatively short uh, as as your number two was. And that is that episode 14. And this is kind of a little bit of a spoiler, uh, which – Again, if you've listened to past episodes, we do kind of spoil, you know, future parts of this. We're getting a glimpse into something that is never resolved in this show. This is our first look at something at one of the main unanswered questions of the show. Polar bears? No, no, I've already answered (laughs) polar bears, damn it. (laughs) Don't make me bring up the wiki again. Special. Okay, go on. Special. Um... I, I, it's scary that I go much higher than you do when I say that. Uh, but no, but speaking of episode special, this episode is frustrating to me as somebody who's formerly watched the series already because this is our first reveal into what's going on with Walt. That there, in that there is something going on with Walt. It is never revealed what it is. It's because Walt's storyline ends after season two. We in that the next glimpses we get of Walt, I don't think are until season three, and they're simply season three or season four, and they're just mere cameo moments. So, all this reveal of what's going on during the Michael and Walt flashback or Michael's flashback about like you know Brian telling Michael there's something. There's something about him and, you know, we see that moment where he's, he's researching that bird and he's, he's yelling to Brian and his mom, like, you guys aren't looking. And that's the happen, that's the bird that happens to crash into the window. And the, the scene with Walt and Locke where Locke tells him, you know, look into your mind's eye, see the knot. And then he, that's exactly where he hits. There's something to Walt, but it is still one of the biggest unanswered questions of this series because it is never revealed. And as somebody who's watched this series a number of times, that's frustrating as hell. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way. Well, I mean, I personally, I think that they that or do you just they do you probably just chalk had it a up lot to of, coincidence? Well, I think that they probably had a lot of plans for Walt. Um, 
the kid was just going through puberty too fast. And the, I, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no way there was just no way to, um, to, uh, explain that. I mean, I guess maybe you could explain it like as an Island anomaly or something, but it, that would be reaching. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you look at Michael, uh, Malcolm David Kelly now, the actor that played Walt, like he's, he's grown up. Like he's a full on man now at this point. He's, he's, he's not anymore. And even when you see him in the cameos, just a few seasons later, he's a completely different person. Uh, looks wise. So you're right. It, it's something that they, they probably had to juggle at the time. But again, like you, they couldn't come up with any kind of resolution for that in, in, I guess you just kind of had to write it off. I think you're right. And just leave it as an unanswered, unanswered question. So, Which is a bummer. It, it is. It's like I said, it's, it's just frustrating. That's really what I wanted to bring up as my number two is just that whole aspect. I, I could, the question can be and asked. And they were though, probably laying down the foundation for a future a future uh, arc with Walt, to be honest. I mean, why name the whole episode special? Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. It, yeah. Because it had to do with the fact that Walt was different. That, I mean, they've, they've been laying down uh, those those uh, those breadcrumbs for the entire series, you know, when he plays backgammon or, you know, when he says, my dad said that I was the luckiest guy or when Walt, you know, pictured the thing in his mind's eye and he was able to, throw the knife correctly you know i mean there are certain things that we've come to say okay well maybe there is something with this kid and then the dead bird and brian porter's all freaked out about walt which brian porter and that whole thing just made me so angry the whole family dynamic and separated and um you know a father that's not allowed to be a father a stepfather that never wanted to be the father this manipulative woman oh. just using her child as as a weapon as a pawn and you, as a way to get forward it, the whole thing was disgusting oh we're gonna get so much more further into that when we get to our number one because <laughs> yes. you you're you're getting into my number one but uh before we, we before we get into that i i want to bring up something an interesting thought i just had and i want to get your opinion on this i know we're going back to polar bears and i'm totally not doing that as like a, a rub to you that i was right you were wrong um bears. i know but here's a here's a question that i had do you think the polar bears initially in season one because we don't find out more about polar bears i think until like season five and we find out that whole thing about the polar bears being as part of the Dharma Initiative and all that. Do you think they initially had a different plan for the polar bears, especially considering Walt had just seen a polar bear in a comic book that he read? And then the next thing you know, he's being attacked by a polar bear, similar to he was reading about the bird and then the bird showed up and crashed into the window. Do you think that was an initial plan that they had with the polar bear? And then when they kind of scratched the whole Walt storyline, the writers had to say, well, okay, now we have to come up with a new explanation for where these polar bears came from. And that's, and then it was written in later that they were part of the Dharma Initiative's research an interesting thought that's an interesting thought because um it seemed like before the polar bear emerged uh you heard the sound of the black smoke monster in the woods or in the mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the next time you saw walt 
after you heard the black smoke monster noises, he was trapped by a polar bear. So, you know, we know that the black smoke can manifest itself into whatever it is that people are needing it to be or whatever. But, um, it, this could be one of those examples of because the polar bear was thrown into the fire. The fire, you know, of course, turns into smoke as it burns. So that could have been a nice piece of foreshadowing what was going to happen to Walt uh, in the coming scenes. That's an interesting thought that that I wonder that'd be a really good question for a showrunner. <laughs> It would be. Yeah, because I mean, that's thinking about that now, you know, putting in the comparison again, you know, the whole bird example of the flashback, you know, he's he's researching that bird, the bird crashes into the window, he's reading a comic book with a polar bear. Next thing you know, he's attacked by a polar bear. And I think that was a theory at the time that Walt kind of manifested the polar bear and that was part of his abilities. And that might have been the initial they were going with. But again, when Walt was no longer a part of the show, okay, now you leave two questions open. But, you know, what happened to the polar bears and what happened to Walt and what were Walt's abilities, you could at least answer one of them by kind of changing the story a little bit and saying, oh, they were just part of Dharma. Uh, and they swam to the main island. You can kind of write that off a little bit. But thinking more about it, I think that might have been part of a different story. Which, well, it'd be interesting to kind of put a pin in it and see what exactly happens around Walt before he leaves. Yeah. See if yeah, there's more sure. of that. Sure. I'm curious yeah. what other people think, though. What some of our listeners think, if, or uh, maybe if you guys case. know know the answer. Yeah, let us know. You know, hit us up on the Facebook page or you know, email us and let us know. We'll give you all that information on how you can do it at the end of the podcast. But let's get into our number ones, and I'll throw it to you. So my number one is just Michael becoming a father. Um, you know, we're going to be start- similar in our number ones. Yeah. I had figured. We hadn't yeah. talked about it yet. Um, you know, learning about Michael, I remember the first time I saw this episode. So when I first um, saw that Lost was going to be a show, I was a really big fan of the movie Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. And a mm-hmm. big reason why was because of Mercutio, who was played by, um, oh my gosh, what is his name? The guy that plays Michael. Um Oh, oh, my gosh. Um, uh, uh, Harold Perrineau. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when I he was going to be in it, I was really, really excited because he was why I loved Romeo and Juliet so much. And so um, – and then he just it was like a bummer of a character. And I was just totally <laughs> let down and I remember feeling really disappointed because I just thought he was such a bummer. And then this episode just – completely changed my opinion on him. So I I love this episode because I love the actor uh, that plays Michael and I, and I grew to love the character after this episode um, because you could see how wronged he was. He wanted to be a dad. That's all he wanted. His, his dumb girlfriend manipulated him and then took his son away to, you know, different countries. I mean, it wasn't just Italy. It was, what, Italy and Germany and then New Z- or, uh, Australia after that, you know? And then she has the audacity to come back after his accident to, you know, take care of his bills and then they sign these adoption papers. I mean, she was horrible, horrible. No, um, you're, you're right. I mean, and to, to say, like, I'm taking care of all your medical bills, but in return, I want you to sign over your rights to, to Walt. That's, right. that's a huge, 
That's a, so, that's a, that's a huge bad move. That was disgusting. That was absolutely disgusting. It, it was, I, I just can't even, it, I, I can't say enough words. So I'm just going to call it disgusting and move on. So he spends the next eight years without his son. He signed away his parental rights. He thought he was doing uh, the right thing. I'm sure he hated every moment of it, but there was no way he was going to win any court case with his lawyer ex that has had the son, that has had his son when he didn't have a job and, you know, lived far away and blah, 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 right? They could have crushed him. He knew it. He knew the end of that story. So he just did what she wanted. Then she dies. Then Brian Porter comes and says, you know, she wanted me she wanted you to be the father and take custody. And he knew that Brian was full of shit. And so then he protects Brian in Australia because Walt was, Walt had already lost his mom. Now he had to go live with his father who did not live in the complex that, you know, Walt had grown accustomed to with the nannies and the, and the care and everything. When he said that Walt could keep the dog, that Brian said that Walt could keep the dog. I thought I laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, take his dog. Take the damn dog. <laughs> exactly. Brian said you could keep the dog. I'm like, you take that dog right now. <laughs> um, and then the nanny gives him the box of letters. And I love it that he hung on to it. Uh, he hung on. He didn't give it to Walt right away. He didn't trash his mom's name. He didn't, didn't trash Brian. And that said so much about his character and his love for his son that he signed away. But he stuck with this kid. This kid he doesn't know, that the kid doesn't know him. The kid has only known two other parents his whole entire life. And now he's with somebody that says he's his dad. They both, they, they're both wearing each other. They both don't want to be around each other. Now they're stuck on an island together. And Hurley said it correctly. He's like, he doesn't like doing this. And the thing is, is like, how how do you learn how to be a parent when you've never been a parent and this is your kid and he's 10, you know, and it's like he's he's just drowning the whole yeah. first three weeks. And it's not until he's put to the test to save his son, to find his son. It has nothing to do with his son rebelling and his and his son is calling out his name. He puts Walt first. He goes across the thing. He he goes down into um he goes down to the trees. He wraps him up and his you know, I mean all of it. And then at the end at the end they're sitting by the fire and he takes out the box and he shares the box with his son. I was crying. I mean, it was just this especially as a parent, you know. Um because those sweet moments, they're everything as a parent. And it was like the first time that Michael got to be a dad was by that fire and telling him. And he ne and he still didn't badmouth Walt's mom. He said, I don't know if she give it to you, but she didn't throw them away. So she did want to maybe give them to you at one point. He yeah. still softened the blow for his son. He became a father. And it was so wonderful to unlock Michael this episode. Maybe that's what was special. We'll say that's what was special. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all for that. And, you know, and, and my number one is the same exact thing. So I'm going to, I'm just going to continue on with, you know, with what you were saying with a couple, because yeah. you did touch base on a lot of things that I wanted to mention. And, Thank and you that's for letting fine. me ramble. <laughs> no, it's fine. I didn't want to cut you off because you were, you were going great. So I, and you were touching on a lot of the same things that I wanted to say, but 
you know, there, there's a couple other additional things that I wanted to bring up too. And that, you know, I, I initially called this point, I like to give all my little notes titles and I initially called this one, all dads are dicks continued dot dot except Michael. And yeah. Because that's really what this is. Because up until this point, you have no idea what this backstory is. You just think that this is a father who's who's not crazy about being around his son or he's just a really horrible father. You don't know what this entire situation is. And then when you finally realize this situation and that, you know, Walt hasn't been a part of his life that, you know, for the past eight years, this is this is not just the first time they are in each other's lives. You have to throw in the combination that not only is this the first, these are like, they're within a week of being in each other's lives and they're spending it as castaways on an island after a traumatic incident, like a plane crash. That's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult for people who have, for a father and son who have been together all their lives. But now you throw in all this added stress of that. Like I'm, I'm in this situation trapped with a son that I don't know. And it really explains so much about everything that you've seen up until this point between these two characters. But going back to, you know, the whole situation with Brian and Brian coming to Michael and saying, you know, like she wanted you to adopt him, which you're right. Michael knew was bullshit to begin with, but um, you know, she wanted, she wanted Walt to be you. I had, it was, the, it was the honest moment that like, I was already coming around to Michael at this point, but it, there was one particular moment in that entire whole scene that played out that I really had massive amounts of respect for Michael. And that was the fact that Michael told Walt, you know, in the, when he first meets Walt, you know, Brian really wanted you to be with him, but it's not his decision. It's mine. He took it, man. He, he took, took the bullet. He made himself the bad guy to protect Walt. Um, as to not if hurt not Walt. a dad, I don't know what is. Exactly. He knew he did not want to break Walt's heart by telling him this guy that he grew up with doesn't want you in his life anymore. Oh. And he, when he took that bullet and said, you know, Brian really wanted you to stay with him, but it's not his decision. It's mine. I was like, wow, he just bit a big one on that. And I had so much more respect for Michael because of that. Even before him protecting Walt in the trees and everything else, that literally flipped the switch on my view of Michael Uh at this point in the series. And I, again... And then we get, you know, a little bit later on in the net, you know, when he mentions that. Now, I can't remember if this happened before it or after it. I think it happens after it. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he starts talking about wanting to build the raft and get him and his son off the island. I can't remember if that's after that moment or before it. But before as crazy – when, when Michael says he's going to build the raft uh-huh. to get him and his son off the island, is that before or after him telling Walt? I, it's it's my decision, not Brian's. Oh, before. I think it's after. It was Is before. It before. He decided to build the raft in the beginning of the episode, and okay, we, yeah, and the and the flashbacks were in order of you know Susan being pregnant, his yeah. accident, leaving, blah blah blah. So it wasn't until towards the end of the episode that all of that happened. Okay, but yeah, but I mean that's it's at that point like when the whole raft. Oh yeah, because I have I actually do have raft idea. It's only my third note, so mm-hmm. that that was pretty early on. But it's at that point I'm like, yeah, you do what you got to do to protect your son. Like it's a crazy idea, but 
you do what you got to do. Like it's, it's, you've already protected him so far in so many different ways at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm, I really know that you are truly trying to do what's best for Walt. And you finally realize that by the end of this episode. And navigating, navigating how to be a dad on the, on the Island, like you're talking about, like I could see why, why Michael would be wary of, of, uh, Walt, you know, bonding with anybody, you know, especially Locke. I I would have a problem trusting anybody with my son, you know? So, uh, I, I really did. Yeah. I loved, I, I loved this episode very, very much weird in that situation too, because even my view on that kind of changed by the end of the episode as well is because, you know, you see the whole situation of Walt hanging out with Locke, throwing the knife at, throwing the knife at the tree and, you know, Walt doing what he wants to do. And, Michael kind of coming across as a dick, like, don't spend time, like, I don't want you near my son and everything. And then by the end of that, and you, you're kind of on Locke's side at that point, especially when Locke tells him, like, he makes the great point to Michael that like, he is going through something that most people our own age have never gone through before. He, he has to grow up a lot faster. And it's, it's a fantastic point that he's making to Walt. Or to Michael. But by the end of the episode, when you realize so more about this relationship and this dynamic between Michael and Walt, you absolutely see where Michael is coming from. And there's, I'm glad that there's kind of mesh between the two. And by the end of this episode, there's a mutual respect between Michael and Locke. But yeah, but I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for our top three for the two episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I only have maybe one or two other things. I'll, I'll just state, um, for the, for starters, episode 13, we're back to the opening of the eye, kicking off the episodes. Yes. Uh, I don't know what our count is to this point. I think it's seven, seven or eight episodes out of 14 that we've gotten that, but I'm keeping count and I, it's not accurate at this moment. I'll go back and I'll fix it, <laughs> but by the end of the <laughs> season, it will be accurate as to what our eye count is for this. Um, the only other notes I really have is at this point, like I, I loved uh, the fact that Sun has built a garden and a grove. Uh, it's it's yes. more along the lines of Sun is really taking taking in stride everything that's going on. He's kind of preparing. She's she's the first to really kind of realize that they might be there for a while, and she's simply preparing herself for that fact, uh, which I liked. The only other note I kind of have, and then I'll turn it over to you for any other notes that you might have, is between these two episodes, we're really getting, um, we're really starting to come over the arc of the, of the first season. And we're kind of heading in now to the end game for this first season where we've got, we've mm-hmm. got the hatch, uh, which Boone and Locke have kind of revealed the door in which they're trying to open at this point, uh, which becomes a huge, the whole boon lock dynamic, uh, as well as the hatch included, becomes um, pretty huge by the end of this season. We've gotten the mention of the Black Rock, which the Black Rock becomes a pivotal part of the season as well towards the end. And uh, we've got the raft, which uh, was simply said in quick passing this time as an idea by Michael. But that really plays a huge part, not only in Michael and Walt's storyline, but also in the Jin and Sun storyline as we get closer to the end of the season. So we're, we're now over the arc. We're over the hump and we're, we're heading towards the end game of the season. And it's going to be really interesting as we get closer and closer by the end of the season. I can't wait 
uh, there because there's still a couple moments that happen throughout before the end of this first season that I can't wait but we'll get to talk about. And I know I'm already to the point now that we've already seen the instances come up that anytime there's a flashback, um, I'm already watching closely to see if certain things come up kind of like the numbers and things like that. Because uh, we did see Sawyer uh, interweaned into Boone's backstory this time around. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, uh, I, I keep a close eye on, I'm waiting to see if anything else pops up. So if I miss anything, uh, please feel free to tell us that it's been missed. But, uh, what about you? What are some of your other side notes? Hopefully I didn't step on any. No, I mean, one of my, one of my only ones is that Jack is the worst. <laughs> so I have why Jack the worst in these two episodes. A new segment coming to, we have to go back. Yes called Jack is the worst. Um, so <laughs> he is, if, if Jack doesn't understand it, he just dismisses it. He just looks at people and he's like, no, we're not doing that. You're stupid. I'm the best. Let's move on. Uh, one of them is the black rock. Um, when, uh, Charlie is reading the diary and he comes back, they're like, you're reading her diary. He's like, yeah, I'm scum. Let's get over it. Um, and Saeed. And so, Charlie says, Saeed also saw black art. Uh, Danielle was talking about the black rock and Claire's having a dream about a black rock. I think this black rock has something, you know, means something like Charlie and Saeed are, are realizing, Hey, we're somewhere that's different. And Jack's like, that's just a dream. A black rock doesn't mean anything. And he scoffs at the whole idea. They've seen polar bears in the woods. They've seen a smoke monster. They've seen They've seen some pretty weird stuff since being there. And Jack is still somebody who's like, no, sorry, that's stupid. And that's too out there. And he just, he won't even consider anything that seems uh, even slightly complicated or something that he can't explain. I mean, there's being a man of science and then there's just being stupid. It's so funny that you brought that up, too, because I was just getting ready to say we're seeing more of the man of science, man of faith aspect between Jack and Lost. Jack and Lost, they are pretty much the two guys that really epitomize both of those. You know, Locke has so much faith that they're meant to they're meant to find this hatch and they're meant to open it. And faith in Boone that Boone will find his way by putting gunk on his head and, and things like that. And Jack being a man of science, like, well, no, I, I think you guys are crazy. If it, if there's no proof of it, then it doesn't exist. And you make the point that there's a, there's a, such a thing as being a man of science and just being a dick. Yes. But that's, but that's <laughs> Jack is what I'm saying. Like, that's the first lead that Charlie has had since Claire has left in, in how long? Like a week, maybe? Yeah, it, and it's not it's not even like being a skeptic or it, it's about just being intuitive. Like there's multiple examples of this black rock. You can't chalk it up to coincidence. It which is what Jack is doing. Oh, he's such a dick. But so so <laughs> you know, he scoffs at and and he he's basically a wet blanket, right? I mean, Charlie and Saeed are all excited about the possibility of maybe this black rock meaning something. And Jack's like, nope, sorry, that's dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on, dude. He might as well have like, you know, I'm with stupid written on his forehead. And then um, and then he comes up to 
to Kate and he's being all nice to Kate and he's like, oh, I have a gift for you and blah, blah, blah. Here are some seeds and yada, yada. It's like, dude, you're only nice to her when it benefits you. Like he's nice to her and then he's mean to her and he's nice to her and then he's mean to her. And it's just, it's gross. It's just like this yo-yo relationship. And I just wish that he would just leave her alone and he's just not going to leave her alone. And I know that (laughs) <laughs> that that they have like this huge relationship coming up. And I'm like, you know what? I hate every second of this, but fine. Because I don't think that she deserves that. I mean, he's just, I don't know. I, oh, I have such a problem with Jack. And um, <laughs> wait, there's more. There's more. Hang on. I just got to find it. What? Oh, it oh, and then Michael comes up at the beginning of special and he like, Hey, you know, uh, you guys, the, the, the water filtration systems and, you know, the mapping and the compasses, like that's all well and good, but I think we need to go. So I'm going to build a raft if anybody wants to build a raft with me and Jack's like, go away. I mean, it's just like anybody that wants to do something that's even remotely positive or, uh, has like some kind of leadership that doesn't involve Jack. Jack is the first one to piss on it. And it's just, it's so annoying because uh, the first time I watched this show, I was just, Jack's right. He's always right because he's Jack. And you know what? I'm older now and I see through your little game, but buddy, <laughs> I see it. You're a dick. What? I and from I think a mile it, away, that's a dick. I think it's because, uh, you know, as a first time viewer of this, I think that's what they were meant to imply was that Jack is kind of like, while every cast member has their time to shine and stuff, I think they kind of put a, a more of a focus on Jack and they want you to be somebody who follows Jack. But you're right. When you, fi- when you figure the whole story into it, as many times we've seen it, you have to realize that there are a lot of flaws to Jack, lo- Jack's logic. And you're right. It's, it seems that every time anybody has an idea, that's not Jack's. Jack is against it. Whether it be moving from the beach to the caves or, you know, building the raft. You're right. Jack is a dick. Yeah. It's my new segment of the podcast. Right now. Right now. He's well, we'll see if it changes. <laughs> it might not at this point. I don't know. I mean, even when he goes, we have to go back and everybody's like, come on, dude, leave us the fuck alone. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little hot about this right now. <laughs> it's like, look, we got off the island. Let's just like, let's just let live, it go. okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert: They got off the island. Oh yeah, sorry. At one point, at, <laughs> at one, one point, point, don't worry. They go back. They go back. Don't worry. Jack told them to. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jack cried with a gray beard that they had to go back. Yeah. Oh, golly, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Any, oh I'm sorry God. to Matthew and, Fox if you ever listen to this. I mean, you played you played Jack very well, but your character was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this just in, Matthew Fox will never be on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get an email from from Matt from Matt's rep. Um, Matt, listen to your guest, and he he doesn't want to come. He off. doesn't like your co-host at all. <laughs> Can you imagine having him on and being like, and now on this week's Jack is a dick. <laughs> I would like it if he agreed. 
You know what though? He might. I mean, because look, we're not calling Matthew Fox no. a dick. We're calling Jack a yes. dick. It's 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 a character. Yes. So he might agree with you that at some points throughout the tenure of the show, Jack was absolutely a dick. So it'll be interesting to Oh, I'm not saying if we I'm do saying most. Well, as of now, yeah. it's most. Right. We'll see if that if that changes. But I mean, it would be interesting if we did ever have him come on the podcast, which I hope to to have happen one day. Because let's be honest, what's he doing right now? Um, <laughs> okay, now he's really not coming. <laughs> he's really never coming on. <laughs> um, it, the, but I mean, it would be interesting to bring that up and and kind of see what his opinion on that would be. So hopefully, hopefully we get that 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 chance one day. We'll see. Uh, any other notes before we move into feedback and how people can get a hold of no, us? No, sir. I'm looking over mine. I don't think I have anything. Um, oh, we did find out about the compass. The compass is off. That was actually quite important. Yeah, and you know what? I do have that as a note, too. I have, oh, yeah, defective compass question mark. Uh, because that's what they kind of crack it up to be, scratch it up to be, is that it's a defective compass. But again, uh, as with, you know, the tides being higher than usual and be coming in quicker, as, as Saeed mentioned in an earlier episode, now he's pointing out this compass that is, it's north is about 15 degrees off. And again, they think it's a defective compass, but as most of us who have seen the series before realize, it's a little more complicated than that. So it'll be uh it's it's a nice little nice little Easter egg setting up something for mm-hmm. the of the series that we didn't um we didn't ex- we we kind of blew past the first time. Because you don't know any better. You don't know that it's going to mean something later on and you kind of forget about it until you go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are in your first watch Keep that in mind. That's going to come into play a little bit. Later. We've ruined so much of this show for anybody that's listening on their first but watch. Been, but it's been how long now? 14 years. Since this, yeah. 2005 guys to four. Um, it's been 14 years. That's, that's, um, let's get your asses in gear. You should have watched this already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm insulting our own listeners. I, you know, I'm surprised that we're still on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's jump into listener feedback. Uh, we do have one, almost two voicemails this week. Uh, our friend Dez did leave us a voicemail, but unfortunately his voicemail got cut off, so we can't use it. However, uh, he did make one interesting point. I do want to give a shout out to Dez and thank you for, for leaving the voicemail. Uh, he's, he's already, he already knows that it got cut off. He said that he had to, um, he, he had to run to work after it got cut off and he was unable to finish it. But, uh, he did make a very interesting point in the short, part of it that we got in that he mentioned that with Hurley saying to Jin that he, he got stung. Jin had to pee on his leg. Uh, that obviously Hurley was a friend's fan, a friend fan. Give God. <laughs> that was just fun to listen to. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Um, and at any of you that aren't friends, fans, uh, Joey uh, peed on Monica. F- <laughs> oh, well he tried yes. to. But then Chandler peed on Monica. Oh, Chandler had to do it. That's right. That's right. I did it. I stepped up. She was my friend and she needed my help. And given the situation, I pee on any one of you. <laughs> the only one that was happy about that was Ross. He was like, oh. <laughs> but there is another uh, but- email, uh, another voicemail. And that's by our friend yes. Steve. 
Uh, yes, it is. So let's go ahead and play that right now. All right. Hey, Ben and Chris, it's Steve. Uh, I just had a couple thoughts. I just finished watching uh, Hearts and Minds and Special and thought I'd uh, send in some comments. Uh, first couple quotes that I really liked uh, – from the first episode that uh, Boone's answer to both whatever line about Shannon was was pretty good. And then uh, Charlie's line about if there's one person on this island I would have put my absolute faith in to save us all, it would be John Locke. I thought that was, uh, that was a pretty cool line. I forgot about it. Um, I forgot about Tamara Taylor being in this, playing Walt's mom. Uh, that was really cool. I like her from Bones. So it was cool, really cool to see her again. Um, I'm not a parent, so I don't try to tell people how to parent, even on TV shows. Uh, I think all parents would say they've made mistakes at times, but Michael seems to make a lot of mistakes. But it seems a little strange to me that he wouldn't at least tell Walt about Brian's feelings toward him. Maybe he just wanted to spare Walt. I don't know. It just seemed a little... Uh... Anyway, it just seemed a little, little strange that he wouldn't use that to try to at least get in some kind of good with his son there. And Claire's been missing a week, was the mention in the, in the second episode in special. Uh, it seems that Jack's, Jack moves on pretty quickly from his whole hero concept of wanting to save Claire. So uh, overall, love these episodes. Again, there's, there's so many things that I, I realize now that are setting up for future episodes that we haven't seen yet that I, I can't wait to see and to not... I want to give a little bit of a spoiler for people who don't know. Uh, so this people want to stop listening, they can now. But the fact that Walt survives to the end, and so does Michael, I would have loved to have seen where the show would have taken if they used that whole uh, new man in charge short that was that was produced. That if you watch the 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 last season DVD set you get to see that new man in charge where they basically pass the torch to Walt and we also see that Michael is still on the island I think it would have been cool if there had been future seasons to see if that relationship could develop at all so anyway uh, if you want to cut that last part out I totally understand and uh, can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts I sent in a a uh, email asking uh, or giving my uh, answers to your responses for being a, a host on the uh, on the podcast. I hope you got that. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. I love Brown. Uh, I, I do too. I love when he leaves his voicemails, but um, a, a couple things uh, from his voicemail. I mean, we did, we did touch on the whole um, Michael kind of sparing Walt his feelings. I think we, we kind of addressed that a little bit earlier on. Uh, he did make the good point though, of Charlie's line to Jack about Locke in that if there's one man I trust, to to save us all it would be john locke and uh, you know what i kind of felt the same way as charlie did watching this series i i think i i had a lot of my trust and faith in Locke at this point i don't know about you yeah absolutely but you know i think jack is the worst so who am i to judge <laughs> <laughs> that's very very <laughs> true fire. i would very follow true. Locke into the fire but i'd look at jack and be like you can catch that rap didn't want to build buddy <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to bring up one other point, though, to Steve's voicemail, and that's um, a, a little bit of correction. Uh, first off, Steve, obviously, thanks for sending the voicemail. We always appreciate it when you do that. Love it. And we, yeah, we, we love the points that you make. However, I got to correct you on one. First things first, don't apologize for spoilers. We've been doing it <laughs> since we started this. <laughs> we basically um, told everybody they got off the island today. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but uh, just a little bit of a correction. Uh, Michael does not survive. Michael blows up. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say when it happens or how it happens. Uh, Michael blows up. And um, Michael, so a little bit of a correction. Michael does not survive to the end of this series. Um, so it would have been interesting to see if they could have done something with Walt taking over as the new man in charge, but Michael would not have been there to be a part of it because Michael, um, again, uh, further spoiler, um, he sacrifices himself at some point in the series. So not going to say when it happens or how it happens. Oh, I already said how it happens. So screw that. Um, I take that back. (laughs) But yeah, so a little bit of a correction to, to your point, uh, in case you forgot, Michael does not survive. So yeah, but Steve, I love your, I love your voicemails and I love it that I can hear you shuffling papers. Like you're taking notes while you watch. (laughs) It makes me happy. I thought that was you. No, it wasn't me. (laughs) No, I love that. So please. And you know, I love voicemails. I love the voicemails. I like feedback. I know that there's more than Steve and Des out there that are watching lost with us. So, um, please. Yeah. Uh, just drop a line, say hello. I would love to hear from you. I would love it. Love it. Love yeah, it. I, I don't. I, I don't care if we're getting like ten voicemails an episode. Like I, I love listening to them. I love playing them, as I know you do too. I so. do, and I'd like to know who thinks Jack is the worst. Come on, you're you're out there. <laughs> and you're right. I know. I I get to check the numbers every week. I know there's quite a few people out there that are that are listening to this podcast and watching Lost along with us. So uh, we want to hear from you guys. And here's how you can nice. Do that. Uh, nice transition, yeah. isn't it? Uh, first off, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We're on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address, or you can send it through Facebook messenger. Yep. If you have my phone uh, number, course- send it on my phone. If you don't have my phone number, <laughs> sorry, I'm not giving it out. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we want to be able to encourage you to check out all of the other podcasts we have on both the Next Level Podcast Network and the Podcastica Podcast Network. Uh, that including uh, a recent podcast you were just a guest on for the Podcastica Yes, Network. I got to be a guest on Walking Dead cast, which was awesome. I got to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. And, um, yeah, that was really fun. Super fun. So. I know you've been wanting to do that for a while. I have. Too. I have. Um, so, yeah, it was really fun. It was the first podcast I ever listened to. So it was kind of a surreal uh, thing, but loved every minute of it. And you are mm-hmm. looking for a name to your new one-on-one podcast with uh, interviews, correct? I am. Uh, the podcast initially started as a, as an actual show that we called the Showcast, and then it kind of morphed into um, a show with celebrity interviews, which morphed into celebrity just celebrity interviews. We eliminated the show, and we ended up calling the Showcast Spotlight, and then it was me and another cause did all the interviews. But it has since morphed one more time, and it is now just myself with one-on-one interviews. So I'm looking to change things up a little bit. Um, right now, working title is to drop the show cast completely and just call it The Spotlight with Ben Oh, Beck, I love that. I was going to suggest that just that, now. Yes. Because well, yeah, that's that's the working title right now. Although there's been some uh, some some cool recommendations yeah, I saw them. I've, I like I've the taken best. on Facebook. Uh, I, I kind of do too. Uh, but just the, you know, I, just some of the ones that I've gotten, 
uh, on Facebook, uh, somebody said eye to eye with Ben Beck, which I said won't work because they're usually over the phone. So that's not going to work. Avalino had a good one. Uh, uh, Beck and Call. I like that one. Which I thought, I thought that was clever as well. Uh, my buddy Jesse said level up, which is a good one as well, which I kind of liked. Uh, Ben, Ben's bits, a, a lot of puns on Ben's Ben and Beck. Bits. Don't do, Ben's please don't bits. do Ben's bits. I, I won't do Ben's bits. Uh, I, the B list was another one I liked. Um, although I don't want to insult anybody that I have on by making them think I'm having them on a show called the B list and that uh, means I think they're a B list actor. Because I'm hoping to score some A-lists. Uh, my, another friend of mine said, you should call it Ben talks to people you want to talk to, but probably won't ever get to. I like, that's kind of long. He's like, yeah, but it's memorable. Not really. No, not really. Uh, so, and then my other friend, I don't get this one, but I love it, said Patrick Stewart stunt doubles interviews. Okay. I like Spotlight then, with uh, Ben Beck. I think, I think just dropping the show cast and calling it the Spotlight is, um, I think that's a good one. I think that's most likely the way I'm good. Going. I hope so. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. And familiar. Yes. Because people are already familiar with that title. So just kind of dropping the spotlight, I think, is, um, or dro- dropping the cast, which I think is the way to go. So one other thing we forgot to mention before we mention what shows, episodes we're going to talk about next week, because it's important. Uh, the one thing we did not mention, the very end of episode 14, the return of Claire. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes! That'll be very exciting. Because that's going to play big time into episode 15, um, which is another focus on Charlie. Uh, focusing back on Charlie's backstory, which is Homecoming, episode 15, and then 16, uh, another Sawyer backstory for all the ladies out there, which is Outlaws. So episodes 15 and 16 will be the next ones that we're going to be talking about. You can expect that on September 15th. That one will be dropping. I think the other thing we need to figure out, too, is we mentioned the format change before uh, into season two. Do we want to keep it bi-monthly or do we want to change to a weekly format? I think I, I think schedule is what's going to. Well, school has started, so my schedule is a lot more open. So I can actually commit to uh, once a week if you can. I think I might be able to. So I think once we get into season two, maybe we're going to go once a week with just one episode per week. And uh, we'll, we'll keep it that way. So we'll see. We, got, we still got a couple weeks to figure that out. Uh, but of course, if you guys have any opinions on what we should do with that as well, hit us up. Hit us up. Yes. Uh, one final thing I want to bring up. We kind of touched base on a little bit in the beginning, and this is a little bit of news just on the cast of of Lost, and uh, and I, I it's, it's kind of exciting is that Dominic Monaghan is going to be reuniting with J.J. Abrams for Star Wars Episode Nine, and maybe even Evangeline Lilly. No, Mm-mm. wrong fandom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, it hasn't been revealed what character he's going to be playing yet. If it's going to be a new character to the universe, could be, uh, playing somebody that's part of fandom already, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I like Dominic Mon, I love Dominic Monaghan, actually. And I follow him on Instagram. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he's a very fun follow. Uh, and he answers, he, he answers, uh, people's questions a lot. 
on Instagram. Uh, I like it when people do that. Every once in a while, he does in the Instagram stories. He puts one of those ones up where, like, ask me a question about. And people will ask questions, and he's very good about answering a lot of them. Like, he's a big vegetarian. He's big in the farming. He's big in the animal conservation. So, um, you know, he he posted, I think, last week a question, like, ask me anything about gardening. And people were asking him questions, and he was coming back and, and um, you know, answering the questions. So he's a very interesting follow. I think it's just at Dominic Monahan. It's simple enough on Instagram. I could be wrong about that. Um, let me double check that before I give out wrong information. <laughs> um, let's see. It is at – actually, I know I'm pretty sure I am wrong on that. Uh, oh, God. Where is it? <laughs> He's like way buried in my damn, um, you'd think I'd have this stuff prepared and ready to go. And no, I just, oh, it's at Dom underscore Monahan underscore. There you go. So, uh, very interesting follow on on uh, Instagram. If you don't already, I suggest you do it. As well as us, follow us on Instagram too, even though we haven't really posted anything in a while. So I'll get on it. Well, well, yeah. We'll my life has my life has slowed down. It's been a very, 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 very busy couple of months, but finally settled and ready to get back into life and social media. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad everything went well for you, though. So I'm glad. Oh, about thanks. That. Uh, but I think that's just about going to wrap it up for this week's uh, for this time this city weeks even though it's not going to be for another two you're going to hear the next ones but uh for this edition of we have to go back as i mentioned next week ugh, next episode will be episodes 15 and 16 of lost feel free to leave us the feedback anytime uh but in the meantime we'll see you guys down the road and further on the island take care bye We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!